0: Hello everybody, and welcome to another edition of Charts with Dan. We've got a lot to get into. The Christmas box office is behind us. The United States went into a deep freeze with this winter storm, but the Avatar box office didn't really suffer that much. We'll be looking at it second week, and then as we go into the end of the holiday season, what the prospects on the horizon might be, as well as what it's looking like worldwide. So much to get into, but before we do any of that, I want to thank, as always, my partner here on the show, Carbon Health. We are in the middle of a nasty cold and flu season, and if you need any kind of medical care a visit to a doctor or even updated immunizations you can visit any carbon health location which you can locate using the carbon health app and if you're not near a carbon health location you can use that app for things like telehealth so you don't have to go in to see the doctor they also keep appointments open every day for walk-ins because carbon health understands that you can't always plan when and where you're going to have to seek medical attention i'm so happy to have carbon health on board the show because i believe in what they do which is to provide health care to as many people as possible as affordably as possible and I want to thank them as always for being my partner here on Charts with Dan. So let's get into the show. It's kind of a meat and potatoes show. It may not be a short one, but I wanted to keep it fairly simple because I'm catching a flight tomorrow to see some friends for New Year's, I think. And actually, this is another PSA. This isn't really a sponsorship, but if you want to take a vacation with that little risk element that you've always been missing, book Southwest Airlines. I actually drove to the airport today, even though my flight's tomorrow, because you can't talk to anybody at Southwest Airlines to see if maybe part of my flight tomorrow might not be canceled. And it looks, like I may be able to get on a plane, maybe, but even though they gave me a boarding pass, they said, well, does this mean that we'll definitely have a seat on the plane? And they were like, eh, we think Southwest Airlines, your employees are great, but your airline is hot garbage right now. I don't know what the hell's going on there, but if I have to cancel this trip and miss a gig that I've got lined up and New Year's Eve with my friends and my 40th birthday party, then you can now be free to kiss my butt because I'm not gonna be happy. And I look forward to being part of whatever class action lawsuit will be coming down the pike very soon. So Southwest Airlines really giving this new year an air of unpredictability that I wasn't really expecting. That's why I like to keep things steady here every week on Charts with Dan. So let's look at the box office. Let's start with the three-day box office, which is December 23rd through the 25th. A bit of a slower part of the Christmas season, especially the 23rd, 24th. Movie going tends to spike on the 25th. And estimates were all over the place for this three-day weekend because of the big winter storm. I think they actually upgraded. Avatar estimate by like nine million dollars from Sunday to Monday, which is almost unheard of because people just didn't know who was heading to the movies. But we don't have to worry about estimates anymore because we have the actual numbers. So for the three day weekend from the 23rd to the 25th, Avatar The Way of Water was the number one movie, a 52.8% drop off from its opening week and a $63.3 million total. In second place was Puss in Boots The Last Wish with $12.4 million, although you have to keep in mind that it did not open on Friday the 23rd, it opened two days earlier to get a jump on the hot holiday. Its total domestic right now is around $25 million, so that's only a part of its opening week. I Want to Dance with Somebody, which seems to have been rebranded close to release. Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody, was in third place with just over $4.7 million. This was at one time a pretty serious wannabe awards contender, and it kind of fell off the chart at the very end of the year. In fourth place, and a big shocker, at least if you're the person that put money into this movie, was Damien Chazelle's Babylon, with just over $3.6 million for the three-day weekend. I have seen various reports with Babylon, some saying that it had a budget around $80 million. I've seen reports saying that it had a budget at over $100 million. Whatever the actual budget is, Paramount's going to be giving a big chunk of that Top Gun Maverick money back, because Babylon is going to lose probably tens of millions millions of dollars, who would have thought that a three-hour-long, drug-filled, orgy-type movie that was released right at the holiday season about old Hollywood wouldn't have done well? I mean, why wouldn't you pump $100 million into that kind of movie? In fifth place for the three day weekend was Violent Night with a 30.5% drop in its fourth week. And before we move on to six through 10, let's talk a little bit about Avatar. I'm not big on I told you so's, but I did say last week that the story on Avatar was going to be written over the long run. Yes, it's opening weekend, also this holiday week and the week upcoming, the one that we're kind of in the middle of right now, and a 52.8% drop when you had a lot of people that were completely buried under snow, and a big pickup during Christmas Day and then the day after Christmas. It's not looking too bad for Avatar The Way of Water domestically right now. Dollar for dollar, it's running about 60 million ahead of where the first Avatar was. Of course, that's before you adjust for inflation. And again, I'm not quite ready to say, oh, Avatar The Way of Water is a smash hit domestically. We're still in wait and see mode, and one of the boasts about Avatar the Way of Water that Jim Cameron was actually fairly spot on about was the fact that you do have to wait until this next weekend to really get a grasp on how it's doing, and we'll see what its domestic and its worldwide totals are in just a moment. But I don't think there's anything to be discouraged about with these numbers if you are rooting for Avatar The Way of Water or if you're the studio Disney Fox that's hoping that it's going to be bringing in a lot of money. Looking at number six through ten for the holiday weekend, Black Panther Wakanda Forever jumps out of the top five to number six with a 34.7% drop from the previous weekend and a $3.4 million total. The whales business jumped almost 600% because it had a big theater expansion and brought in just over one million dollars for the three-day weekend. The Fablements also had a slight increase in business, 0.2% over the previous week and a $745,000 total. The menu drops to number nine with a 58.3% drop from the previous weekend and a $678,000 total. And Strange World, which hit Disney Plus over the holiday weekend, dropped 81.3% from the previous week, but was still in the top 10 with a $413,000 total. And dropping out of the top Top 10 for the three day weekend. We had four movies. It's a Wonderful Life's 75th anniversary presentation, which was always probably going to be a one week thing. I heard The Bells, which was in the top 10 for three weeks, Devotion, which was in the top 10 for four weeks, and after nine weeks, Black Adam drops out of the top 10, and probably out of the DC universe altogether. So those were the three-day numbers, but a big part of the holiday box office is that Monday after Christmas, or that day after Christmas, December 26th, because it's one of the biggest movie-going days of the year. So here's how all the movies stacked up for that four-day weekend, Friday through Monday. Avatar was still the number one movie, but look at that total. It jumps up to $95.6 million for the four-day Christmas weekend. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish is still number two with a $19.2 million total. I Want to Dance with Somebody has a modest gain from three days to four days with a $6.7 million total. But look at Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, number six for the three-day weekend, but number four for the four-day weekend. Obviously, a lot of people going with their families, maybe people that hadn't seen the movie or going. Going back to see it a second time a 5.5 million dollar total good enough for fourth place Babylon drops down to fifth place with a 4.8 million dollar total so that Christmas Monday didn't do a whole lot of favors for that movie Violent Night drops to sixth place with a 4.6 million dollar total it actually was very close to upsetting Babylon for that fifth spot and knocking Babylon out of the top five altogether The Whale still there at number seven with a 1.5 million dollar total The Fableman still at number eight with a total just over 1 million dollars right behind the Fablemans was the menu, also just over a million dollars, and adding a couple hundred thousand dollars to its take was Strange World in its fifth week in the number 10 spot. Looking at what I call the road to recovery as we are about to draw 2022 to a close, you see that green line and we are ending pitifully below both where we were last year and also where we have been on average in the pre-pandemic 2015 to 2019 era. So what I'm gonna be doing is folding in as we get to the end of 2022. I'm gonna take the average for 2021 and 2022, combine those, and then we'll have sort of a three-line graph again next year We'll have the 2015 to 2019 average. We'll have the 2021, 2022 average, which is kind of the beginning of the post reopening era at the box office after the pandemic closed all those theaters down. And then we'll see what the box office is doing in 2023. So this is something that we're going to be keeping up because I think this is really interesting to see what this road to recovery is looking like. And are we going to be making any big gains in 2023 versus both the average pre-pandemic and what we've been doing for the last two years. Looking at movies on a per theater, Theater basis, Vicky Creeps in Corsage owns the Per Theater Average Contest with $16,143 in two theaters. A lot of these numbers are fairly low because New York is a huge market when we talk about movies that are opening in two or three or four theaters. And again, the weather was really depressing turnout at a lot of multiplexes and small theaters, etc. over this Christmas weekend. At number two was Avatar The Way of Water, bringing in just over $15,000 in each of its it's 4,200 theaters, the only wide release on this list. Living, starring Bill Nighy, who's a Dark Horse Best Actor candidate in three theaters, brings in $7,595 per theater. No Bears, which has played several film festivals, brings in $6,173 in just one theater. And then Women Talking, which is one of the front runners for a lot of the awards conversation coming up for the Academy Awards as we transition into 2023, a pretty low number, $5,000 playing in eight theaters. For a movie that is as buzzed about and potentially awards worthy as Women Talking, you might expect a bigger number. But again, we have that depressed turnout over the weekend, so it'll be interesting to see how it does over this next week and in the long run to see if people are going to those theaters to catch up on women talking as we get further and further into award season. Looking at movies in limited release for the 23rd to the 25th, these are movies that are playing in 1,000 theaters or fewer. We had pretty much one movie that was making most of the money, The Whale in 603 theaters, bringing in just over $1 million. And then it was pretty slim pickings for everybody else. Empire of Light moves up to second place, but only brought in $86,000 in 350 theaters. That's a pretty dismal number. Women Talking playing in eight theaters brought in about $40,000 total. EO, which we've seen on this list, several times in its sixth week brings in just over $38,000 in 326 theaters, and then Corsage playing in two theaters brought in $32,285. When we look at the top 10 grocers for films in limited release, Glass Onion and Eyes Out Mystery remains number one. The Fablemans is frozen there at number two because it did finally, over this Christmas weekend, go into wide release, but it made $9.1 million before it broached that 1,000 theater barrier, so it's locked in there at number 2, The Banshees of Inisherin drops down to number 3, and then the rest of the top 10 stays the same, Brahmastra Part 1, Shiva at 4, BTS Permission to Dance at 5, KGF Chapter 2 at 6, Marcel the Shell with Shoes on at 7, Terrifier 2, the portion when it was playing in limited release at number 8, Orphan First Kill at number 9, and Pontian Selvan Part 1 at number 10. Something that I've been doing is looking at the box office a little bit more seasonally. So this is what I call the domestic fall holiday box office. Basically everything after Labor Day. When we hit January, we'll do the winter spring box office which is essentially January through April. Then of course we have summer box office season May through September. And then we're right back in the domestic fall holiday season. And Black Panther Wakanda Forever for now is still the top grossing film in the fall holiday box office season with $428.1 million. But Avatar The Way of Water is gaining fast. It is now almost at $300 million domestically and still has quite a bit of runway ahead of it, so we'll see if it can challenge Wakanda Forever for that top spot in the fall holiday box office season. Black Adam drops down one spot to number three. Smile remains just the fourth movie this season that has broached the $100 million barrier. Then we have Ticket to Paradise at number five, The Woman King at number six, Halloween Ends at number seven, Lyle Lyle Crocodile at number eight, Don't Worry Darling at number nine, and then replacing Barbarian on this chart is the David Harbour Santa Claus action film Violent Night $43.1 million good enough to get rid of the horror sleeper hit from earlier this year. Let's take a look outside the boundaries of the domestic box office to all of the markets outside the U.S. and Canada, and Avatar The Way of Water also dominated there. $168.6 million estimated for the weekend of December 23rd through the 25th, again about 10 times more than the movie in second place, which was Puss in Boots The Last Wish at $16.4 million. Someday or One Day, which is a movie version of a popular TV drama, was at number three with $11.6 million, then a film from South Korea called Hero at number four with $5.1 million, and I Want to Dance with Somebody at $2.6 million in fifth place. When you combine the international number with the domestic number, we get the total worldwide, and Avatar The Way of Water, eh, you know, no big deal. It just made about a quarter billion dollars over the course of three days. $231.9 million from December 23rd to December 25th. Puss in Boots The Last Wish at number two with $28.9 million. Someday or One Day stays at number three with 11.6 million I want to dance with somebody moves up to fourth with 7.3 million and Black Panther Wakanda forever brings in that fifth spot at 5.6 million and when you look here at the 2022 worldwide box office we have a very interesting situation near the top top gun maverick the number one movie worldwide with 1.4 billion dollars jurassic world dominion at number two with just over 1 billion dollars 1 billion 3 million dollars and then literally a few hundred thousand dollars behind dr strange in the multiverse of madness is avatar the way of water as we sit here today or i guess i should say as you sit here listening to me speak avatar the way of water has likely surpassed 1 billion dollars and has also likely surpassed jurassic world dominion to become the second highest grossing film of 2022 and the third billion dollar grossing film of 2022 and then the question becomes does it have another half billion or so to overtake top gun maverick to be the number one movie worldwide for the year we don't know yet We don't know what the legs on this movie are going to be, if they're going to be as long as we saw for the first Avatar film. But if the movie is performing well domestically, it seems to be performing even better in the international market. So I think that it's a possibility. I think it's a distinct possibility. We just have to wait and see how these next few weeks shake out. But for right now, Avatar is in fourth place. It jumps up six spots from last week. That bumps just about everybody else down. Minions, The Rise of Gru goes down to number five. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever finally broached that $800 million worldwide barrier, but gets dropped down one spot to number six. The Batman jumps down to number seven. Thor Love and Thunder drops down to number eight. The battle at Lake Changjin 2 drops down to number nine, and Moon Man drops down to number 10. Looking at the 2022 domestic box office, Avatar The Way of Water was just outside the top 10 by virtue of its opening last weekend, but it is now a top 10 movie. Elvis has dropped out of the top 10 rankings. Black Adam drops down one spot to number 10. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 drops down one spot to number nine. And then Avatar enters the chart at number eight with that $293.2 million domestic total. It's about $50 million away from surpassing Thor Love and Thunder in seventh place. And then from there, it's a pretty short journey to challenge Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness for fourth place, and then once it broaches that $400 million barrier, if it does so, then it's a pretty straight shot to number two. I don't know domestically if it can get to Top Gun Maverick. at $718.7 million domestic. I think we're going to see a lot more of that money coming in from the international market, but you never know. Never underestimate James Cameron. That's the lesson that I think a lot of people have learned, so I think that it could do it, but I would quite frankly be surprised if it did. I think we're much more likely to see it settle in at second place and bump Black Panther Wakanda Forever down to number three. This is the moment of the show where I like to take a look back at a weekend in box office history, and we're going to go back, oh, I can't believe this, 20 years, to December 20th through the 22nd, 2002, the 51st weekend of the year, which saw the release of The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. A lot of twos there. December 20th through 22nd, 2002, The Two Towers, which debuted to $62 million as the Lord of the Rings saga continued. In second place, and a fairly strong second place, was the Hugh Grant-Sandra Bullock rom-com at two weeks notice. In third place was the Jennifer lopez Ray Fiennes rom-com Made in Manhattan. In fourth place was the Leo DiCaprio, Cameron Diaz rom-com, Gangs of New York. That, that No, that was not definitely not a rom-com. And at number five, Nick Cannon in Drumline with $7.1 million. But you know what we like to do here on the show? We like to adjust for inflation, especially when we're talking about movies that came out a couple of decades ago. So let's hit that inflation button and you'll see that if we adjust for today's dollars, then The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers would have had an opening right around $102.6 million, followed by two weeks notice with a 23.6 million. million opening, Made in Manhattan with $17.7 million in its second week, Gangs of New York with a $15.7 million opening that was a bit of a disappointment at the time and even when you adjust for inflation, Scorsese DiCaprio, Cameron Diaz you would think that there would be a bigger opening for that movie, it was a very long film though, much like Babylon, and at number 5, Drumline in its second week with an $11.7 million total in that 5th place finish Before we go, let's look at the streaming charts to see what people are watching through the very Streaming services at home, and let's look first of all at the iTunes charts. Knives Out, because of the release of Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery on Netflix, has had some renewed interest, and it is the most rented movie as of the time when I checked the charts on iTunes at number one for purchase or rental Top Gun Maverick is there at number two Violent Night which is still doing well in theaters also available for purchase and premium video on demand and it was rented enough to be the number three movie on the chart The Woman King is at number four Lyle Lyle Crocodile now available for purchase and rental good enough for number five The Grinch is at number six a lot of people still celebrating Christmas The Fablemans is at number seven Triangle of Sadness is at number eight Die Hard unambiguously a Christmas movie is still there at number nine and the original Avatar hanging on there at number 10. We actually have a bit of a Christmas bonus here because this show is a day later. Usually it goes up Tuesday morning. This week it's going up Wednesday because I wanted to get the final numbers for the holiday weekend. We actually have two weeks of Netflix numbers to go over and it's been a really interesting couple of weeks. So let's look first of all at the week of December 12th through the 18th, which is leading up to Christmas, which saw Wednesday continue to dominate at the top of the charts. Another $173.9 hours watch for a PFV of 26.6, PFV meaning potential finished views. It's a little metric that I have. I basically take the runtime of the series and divide it by the number of hours watched. It just kind of helps to equalize out movies and series to show you what people are really finishing, at least, or potentially finishing. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio at number 2 with a PFE of 20.4. The very dishy series Harry and Meghan at number 3 with a PFE of 18.2. Then we have the Netflix movie I Believe in Santa at number 4 with a PFE of 13.3. God's Crooked Lines, a new entry to the list at number 5 with a of fee of 105 too Hot to Handle at number 6 with a PFE of 10.1. Then the Netflix movie Troll with a PFE of 9.5. The Netflix series Sonic Prime season 1 at number 8 with a PFE of 7.9. Prisoners, the rare non-Netflix movie on the top 10. I guess people wanted to be bummed out leading up to the holidays. Well, I guess that's not so surprising. 19 Million Hours Watch for a PFE of 7.5. And then the Netflix original series The Recruit season 1 at number 10 with a PFE of 7.2. So that's the week before Christmas, but we all know leading up to Christmas and then Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. There's a lot of Netflix watching and watching at home going on. So let's see what the top watched movies and shows for that window were. This is for December 19th through the 25th, Christmas Day. And we see the debut of Glass Onion, which debuted on the 23rd. So this is only about three days of viewership. At number one, 82.1 million hours watched and a PFV of 35.6. That is a strong debut. Basically, 35.6 million Netflix users could potentially have finished viewing that movie. Emily in Paris season three, a strong debut for a series, 117.6 million hours watched and a PFV of 21.6. But you see Wednesday season one still running strong, 118.5 million hours watched, a PFV of 18.1. At number four is the Netflix documentary, The Volcano Rescue from Wakari, which is about a New Zealand volcanic eruption, 25.1 million hours watched and a PFV of 15.4. So a lot of interest there. The Recruit season one moves up to number five with a PFE of 13.2. The Netflix movie A Not So Merry Christmas is at number six with a PFE of 10.7. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is at number seven with a PFE of 10.2. The Netflix movie The Big Four is at number eight with a PFE of 8.4. Sonic Prime stays on the chart at number nine with a PFE of 7.5. And then Harry and Meghan also staying on the chart at number 10 with a PFE of 7.4. When we look at the most watched Netflix programs for 2022, we already knew that Wednesday season one was number one, but look at that margin. That it's racking up. It's now at over 1.3 billion total hours watched. Still about half a million behind Stranger Things four, but because Wednesday season one is a lot shorter, the PFV number is much higher. It's actually the only series or movie in 2022 to break 200. It now has a PFV of 201.3, over 50 points higher than the Adam Project, which is in second place. Stranger Things four, for reference, has a PFV of 145.5. And when you look at the most watched programs since Netflix began providing these numbers back in June of 2021. Wednesday is at number three, and again, only one of three shows or movies that have passed that 200 mark on PFE. Squid Game Season 1, which has a PFE of 279.2. Red Notice, which has a PFE of 232.8. And then Wednesday Season 1, with a PFE of 201.3. And with the kind of numbers that Wednesday's been putting up, unless viewership really falls off, I could see it easily passing Red Notice. I don't know if it's really going to challenge Squid Game Season 1, but it's going to put up a pretty healthy runner-up performance i honestly did not know that anticipation for wednesday was so high i think that jen ortega and the dance of it all has had a big part of it but this has really been a phenomenal success and just another indication that you don't really quite know what's going to take off with these different streaming services they think they know the movies and shows are going to work but they don't always know and wednesday is example number one of that very thing let's wrap up by looking at the Nielsen ratings. Now, these are a little bit different. They're delayed by about a month. So this is for the week of November 21st to the 27th. These are US only. They don't cover all devices and they don't necessarily cover all streaming services, but it's just kind of a way for us to compare all of these different services as best we can. And at number one, when we look at the top streaming movies for November 21st to the 27th is Netflix's Slumberland with 17.6 million hours watched. The Noel Diaries at number two with 11.7 million hours watched. Then the Sony release Where the Crawdads Sing, which was licensed to Netflix at number three with 9.8 million hours watched. Disenchanted on Disney Plus with a second week on the chart and 9.4 million hours watched. But then you see as we get into the Thanksgiving holiday, remember this is a delayed, people starting to get into the Christmas spirit. Home Alone on Disney Plus, actually at number five, the original film, with 7.9 million hours watched. Spirited on Apple TV Plus, a rare Apple TV Plus sighting on this chart, 7.3 million hours watched by the bad guys on Netflix, Falling for Christmas on Netflix... Elf on HBO Max at number 9 with 4.4 million hours watched, and then Nope on Peacock at number 10 with 4.1 million hours watched. And I'm sure we will continue to see these Christmas movies put up strong numbers over the next month as those delayed results come in from Nielsen. Looking at the most watched streaming shows in the US from November 21st through 27th, this was the debut week of Wednesday on Netflix with 99.8 million hours watched, about 75 million hours more than the second second show so a huge hit out of the gate both internationally and here in the united states dead to me on netflix is at number two 1899 on netflix debuts at number three the crown is at number four manifest is at number five ncis is at number six yellowstone is at number seven coco melon is at number eight Andor is a show that has rarely graced the top 10 streaming, but this was the finale week. This was its 12th episode, so enough people watched that show, either the finale or catching up, as I did, for it to crack that top 10. 11.2 million hours, good enough for number 9, followed by friends at number 10, with 11 million hours watched total. But I also do a chart here on the show called Watch Time Per Episode, where I break down the hours watched by the number of available episodes, and it's just a different metric. So looking at it by that metric, Wednesday is still number one easily with 12.48 million hours watched per episode. The number two show is 18.99 with 2.31 million hours watched per episode. The Santa Clauses on Disney Plus makes this list. It had three available episodes with an hours watched per episode of 2.07 million. That's followed by Pepsi Where's My Jet, four episodes with a watch time per episode of 1.85 million. And then we see Andor with a full complement of 12 episodes and an hours watched per episode of 936,111. So to have that many episodes and to be in the top five indicates a spike in viewership, in my opinion, for Andor. Dead to Me is at number six with 30 episodes and a watch time per episode of 813,000. Coco Melon's at number seven with a watch time per episode of 650,000. The Crown's at number eight with 369,000 hours watched per episode, followed by Inside Job at number nine and Yellowstone at number 10 with 322,000 hours watched per episode. And that wraps up charts for this week. There's not a whole lot going on this weekend coming up. I think the streamers and the studios know that most people are either still going to see the stuff that they didn't see over the Christmas holiday or they're out doing New Year's stuff or traveling back home, etc. Or trying to travel back home southwest one movie that's opening in limited release is a man called Otto, starring tom hanks that's really the only notable new theatrical release there are a few other movies here and there but a movie that's hitting streaming this week on friday is a very interesting movie from noah bomback called white noise starring adam driver and greta gerwig i was very intrigued by this movie in fact you may well see it in my next video, which will be coming out tomorrow, which breaks down my favorite and least favorite movies of 2022, the best and worst show as I name my least favorite movies, my 10 favorite movies, and I give out some other fun awards for different actors and movies and things over the year. It's one of my favorite shows to do as we get to the end of every year. Of course, I wasn't able to see every movie that I wanted to, but I'm very proud and happy with the 10 movies that did make the list. So be sure to tune in right here tomorrow as we talk about the best and worst movies of the year, and I also have a preview later this week for 2023, where I go over a lot of movies and TV shows, some of which you may know are coming out, some of which you might not know are coming out, as we look at the year ahead. Thank you so much for taking the time to watch the show, and thank you to Carbon Health for being my partner. I'll be back very soon with more movie news, box office reviews, and more. Until next time, stay safe, and I'll see you then. Bye.